Today, the plug makes its triumphant return to the airwaves. We are joined with none other than Nathaniel Fitzgerald of Spaceships, one of our first guests. And he hit me up and said, we got to do a podcast and talk about Sting. So if you're a Sting fan, this is the podcast for you. We talk about a few other things, but mainly it's Sting. He also drops us his single, A Man Called Sting. The song he wrote about the man that is Sting. So stay tuned and enjoy. Listen to that track right now.
and gentlemen, welcome back to The Plug. We are back better than ever. I am flying solo tonight in terms of the hosting duties. Kyle is on, I would say, assignment tonight. We'll go with that. Um, so, the, But I do have a special guest. He's the front man of spaceships. You guys may have remembered him from a previous podcast we did with him. He hit me up. He said he had to be on the show. I said, what better reason than to bring the plug back than to bring on Nathaniel Fitzgerald. How are Hi. you, sir? Hi, I am. I am doing okay. I've been busy. I've actually been spent the last couple days almost entirely recording. Um, I'm finishing some stuff. I'm starting some stuff. You know, I'm in like nine bands, whatever. But <laughs> you are a busy man. Yes. But Sting is back. Now, before we jump into Sting, I just want to hit everybody with a little behind the scenes, um, if you will. So you messaged me on Facebook out of the blue and you said, got to do a show. Has to happen. I mean, it wasn't entirely out of the blue because Sting was back. For but. But just so everybody knows, that is a great way to get a podcast done. If you just say, <laughs> we're going to do it. And yes, Sting is back. And you are my resident Sting aficionado. You are the Stinger's goat. Like, if I need Stinger information, you're the go-to. You're the there man you that go. wrote a song about Sting, which we posted on the, on Facebook the other at day. At least so one. A, yeah, at least one. There's more. <laughs> More we haven't heard exclusives here. Uh, so maybe sometimes this is your podcast, Nathaniel. Let's hear it. Sting sure. is back. What do you think? So, oh my gosh. So, um, I don't remember if I said this last time I was on there, but uh, the last is it year and some change that Dynamite's been on the air. Yes, I have been watching Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. I have been watching. Uh, Dusty Rhodes's boys go out and do what they want to do with, you know, on TNT. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I have been imagining for months, you know what? I wonder if Steve Borden isn't watching this show and it's killing him to not be there with Arn Anderson, with Jake the Snake. With Dusty Rhodes' sons, man. Tully's it, there, too. Oh, eh, t- yeah. Tully Blanchard's there. I mean, I'm just sitting, like, it's such a WCW family sort of thing. And I'm thinking, how must it feel for the free franchise of WCW to be watching this show happen without him? While he has, while he's just, like, being buried alive with a legends contract with WWE. Oh, that awful contract. Now, is he, oh. when he's sitting at home imagining being an AEW, is he full face paint? Is he just ready to go at all times? I like to imagine he that he's, I like to imagine that he like wakes up in the morning and just puts it on. Just like every day. You know, he's got every like day. Barbecue stains <laughs> on his t-shirt watching TV, but he's in full gear ready to rock. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's a, a, he never, you never know when you might need to swoop in from the rafters. So he's back. I, I know that was a hot button topic the last couple weeks, but I think it's great that we're doing the podcast this way because we've got we got his return. 
to talk about, and then we talk about his promo work last week, which I so actually he, didn't see a all lot of. To unpack there, <laughs> I actually didn't see all of because you're you're gonna have to fill me in. I just saw the so clip. Where, I just saw the clip where he was like, "Tony, Tony, Tony, how long we've been doing this?" and like gave Tony the hug and like got the it sting out of him. Pretty much that's all that kind of went down. Cody started yeah. to speak and say he was waiting to be in the ring with Stinger. And Sting said, not yet, Cody. I'm not here for you just yet. Yeah. And then he pointed up to the rafters and Darby sitting up there half face paint with the TNT Ooh. championship. You know, going, I'm here for him. Yeah. And then that yeah. was about it. But that was enough to pop the ratings to almost a million and pretty much crush NXT in the water. Which like is a draw still. Oh God, isn't he though? In like this is the thing that has been so vindicating for me as a Sting fan the last couple weeks because I mean I I didn't catch a whole lot of his TNA run, um, but I think we can all agree that his WWE run was pretty awful. Uh, just on Vince trying to bury him still. And Vince then... apparently didn't see any value in keeping Sting around, according that's... to the dirt sheets, if you follow those. Ugh. He didn't see any value in a Taker-Sting match, cinematic or otherwise. And he wasn't doing it. I mean, it's... I don't know. It's just like Vince is one of those guys where it seems like once you... Once he makes his mind up about you, you can't change it. Vince is also one of those guys that if it's not his product, he doesn't believe in it. Right. I mean, dude doesn't even watch NXT. So he buried quite a few uh, WCW talents over the years. Oh, I mean, and that's the reason. That's... Except, except for Bill Goldberg, for some reason. That's a whole <laughs> other topic for a whole other show. Because Goldberg was who he wanted Stone Cold to be. He wanted he wanted Stone Cold to just come out and like rip everybody apart, but he got hurt and he couldn't do it. Um, but but no, but so like, I feel like since Sting came back came to WWE and sorry to go back like the whole reason he didn't go to WWE in the first place was and like people talk a lot about you know the rated R era and like how he didn't want to be in any of those adult storylines whatever but he told a story where um booker t had his first day out at raw and the rock looked at him and was like who the hell are you and he's like what do you mean who are you that is king booker t like right how are you gonna bury him as soon as he gets here and he didn't want to be treated that way so he went he you know, messed around in Japan for a while, then went to TNA. But once he finally did it, and he was the icon, one of the most recognizable, one of the most iconic wrestlers of all time, and they still buried him. Yeah, I'm more than certain he doesn't have a winning record in WWE matches. There aren't many, but he lost in the at the Mania match against DX. I they oh my so he's one of the he most lost to Seth Rollins too. I mean that was I, I'm pretty sure that was an that was an audible because of his injury. Right. I mean yeah. he was the freaking face of the poster for that pay per view. There was nobody else on it. 
mm-hmm. no one else was on the poster. It was just a close up of his face. But like his first Mania match. I mean, and this is Sting's WrestleMania debut. That is probably one of the most anticipated matches you could book, right? Oh yeah. Like it's the stage he's never been on. But and they used it as an opportunity to bury him to Triple H. Really? Okay, cool. Yeah, putting over that young talent. <laughs> like, good use. That's, that's, that's Triple H's M.O., man. Uh, uh, oh. yeah. You have that golden goose and you got to squash it. There you go. WWE is king. Right. And so it just bothered me so much that they used it as, like, this opportunity to bury WCW one more time. Which was like, guys, it's been, how long did it have been that time? 12 years? 13 years? Is oh, just, yeah. Just nonsense. WCW it was, closed down in 2001? Yeah, ancient history. I think it was 2015, maybe? Yeah. Like, it, or, ain't, yeah, 2015, 16, it was right around that right. time. Yeah, he, ancient, uh, ancient history. This guy had a career outside of WCW. And they couldn't let it go. But, and, but, like, so since then, since he's come to WWE, it's kind of felt like... It's kind of felt like Sting has been buried in all of WrestleDom. Like, people have just kind of forgotten that he's a big deal. Like, people have just kind of forgotten, like, how important he was and how popular he was and just how great that character was. Because I have, like, been in squared circle on Reddit just kind of like, you know, I've been defending my man's honor for the last several years. And, like, always kind of, like, people like, yeah, whatever, like, overrated, whatever, like, rip off the crow, why don't you? But. But that's what wrestling is, is, is everybody takes from everything else. Every gimmick in the world. Hulk Hogan was a ripoff are, of the Incredible Hulk. Right. There's very like, that's his gimmick. <laughs> absolute original gimmicks in wrestling history. I don't know why. People, that's a tired and lazy. Oh, like, absolutely. That, that's just hating. That's just haters just hating. Right. Which the internet, <clears throat> which I have to imagine you've been typing away in chat rooms this week because people are on the fence. They're split right now down the middle on whether this is a good move or bad move. For, so for the most part, though, answer. for the most part, though, it has felt like everyone has woken up and remembered who Sting was. And part of that, I think, has to do with the fact that AEW knows who the hell he is. And they're going to respect that. And they're going to protect it. And it... Oh, absolutely. uh, They know what they're doing. Tony, Tony Khan knows that... I mean, he sold the most shirts in one 24-hour period that Pro Wrestling Tees has ever seen. They know what they're doing, and they're going to protect that asset. There was a there was a moment there is a uh, there is a bit where his his debut that video on AEW's channel was the number three trending YouTube video, like of the entire YouTube. That was the third most trending video one day, like the day after, a couple days after, which is like that's. Pro wrestling does not get that kind of coverage. It just, not unless The Rock is there or something crazy, but yeah, right. I and mean, that's where he's at. That's like the, that's the that's the level. 
That's the level. And WWE did not know that. Or they forgot it, or they wanted to forget it, or whatever. But now, my man's back, top booking. Like, I don't even know. He doesn't need to get in the ring. He doesn't need to, like, be there every week. It's just Sting is going to be on TV. It's going to be a big deal every time he does. And it's going to be great. And I am psyched out of my mind for it. All right. So, in Nathaniel's world, what do you do with Sting? Because there's a lot of what I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were saying, well, what do you do with him? Do you put him in the ring knowing he's got limitations? Do you have him manage? He's not really a, a... a mouthpiece type guy. His promo work hasn't always been top of the line. Uh, pre pre crow, pre crow he was. Yeah, I mean he, he's not bad, but yeah. I don't think anybody when you talk greatest talkers in the in the world put Sting on that list. So what do you do with? Him? Yeah, I I would like to see him as a man. I think as a manager for Darby Allen, I think that would be a really interesting pair, uh, especially seeing what AEW has done with Jake the Snake. Because I would not have pegged Jake the Snake for a good manager. Me neither. I, I I'm surprised. Oh my god! I mean, Jake the Snake's Jake Snake's career is a, that's a that's a whole other topic. Too, <laughs> right. But it, I mean, he's out there doing his thing and he's coherent. Oh my god! But like itself. any of the video packages he was doing for Lance Archer early on, it was like the yeah. dude could read the phone book, and it's the most menacing thing. Like, just that super grizzled, gravelly voice is just like, oh my, like, they know what they're doing with Jake. And I feel like they've got, I feel like, I said last time, everybody over at AEW who's calling the shots are just the people with the instincts for the business. And yeah, they know what people want. And the nostalgia factor is huge right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand the wrestling fan of today. That's like, Oh, they're just bringing back all these old guys to manage. It's cool. It's nice to see you right. know, the blast right. from your past. Absolutely. You know, like it's when it's I was just getting into wrestling, sting was like the biggest deal outside of maybe the NWO at that time. I, and it's yeah. like, Oh shoot you know he's back on tv that's right and mind you that's sting against the whole of the nwo yeah (laughs) right so like sting was maybe a little less popular than 20 dudes that included hulk hogan and macho man randy savage That that's that's very good point. Right. You know, no. put it into perspective like that, he's probably more popular. Than- right. I mean, so I actually got into wrestling because of Sting versus N- the NWO. Like I was into wrestling as a kid. Like I had Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, George the Animal Steel bed sheets. I still have them somewhere. I have them. I think I have them in my linen closet. But then, like, I grew up watching that stuff with my parents, and then, like, you know, went to elementary school and like somebody's like oh well you know like it's fake and i was like oh you're right it's dumb and then like when sting and the nwo started going at it that's when i was like okay this is interesting though. like this is i could sing my teeth into this and like i like i always say wrestling is yeah it's it's fake it's scripted it's scripted it's, it's not about fake. the story yeah it's about right, the stories exactly. it's about the re- it's a it's basically like a wrestling soap opera where the wrestling is almost secondary <laughs> right to the, to the story right. if they're telling the stories well, right and see say. it's that dichotomy right there it's 
that relationship between the story and the in-ring work that makes me excited to see Sting back on TV. Because Sting doesn't need to wrestle to tell a good story. Because if you remember, during the Sting-NWO feud, he did not have a match for a year and a half. Yeah, he just hung out in the rafters and didn't say a word. He hung out in the rafters, he swooped down, he kicked some ass, he left. It's the same, same thing that Stone Cold did when he broke his neck. He didn't have a match for a year and a half. That's how good he is. Right, and that's the thing. So Sting is that. I don't think there's anybody that could do that today, what Sting did during that run. I don't think you could have anybody on TV and not wrestle and just talk. Maybe, but it had to be done really well. Sting didn't even talk. Right. (laughs) No, I was thinking more on the Austin side. He talked, but yeah. yeah. And that's why Austin was big. And yeah, but that's really amazing because like, there is room for that character, that just chaotic character that just sort of like comes in and causes mayhem. But I don't know if Vince certainly doesn't want that. He has no interest in that character right now. He doesn't have the patience for it. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, I mean, this is the same guy that just said Keith Lee needs to work on his in ring. Oh my God. Did he really? Yeah, so they're sending, not to get off topic of the Sting Love Fest, but since you're talking about how Vince has this Golden Goose Sting, and then he has a list of uh, talent that he wants to go back to the PC for uh, training a few days a week, and one of them happens to be Keith oh Lee, because he need, he thinks Keith Lee doesn't know how to work oh. as a big man, or just work in general, he needs to refine his skills, yeah. which is funny, because Keith Lee can do everything. Vince just doesn't let him. And that's literally the only thing that the announcers say when he's in the ring. That's the only thing. And he was the double, he was was a double champ in NXT not even six months ago. Right. And that was. And they've already. Vince is already tired of it. At the time. Yes. No. I mean. So that's just proof Vince doesn't watch his own product. Are we that surprised though? Because (laughs) Aleister Black. When was the last time he was on TV in any meaningful capacity? Oh, it's been a while. And he was undefeated for like an entire year. In WWE, yeah. They just they got... were just like using him in squash matches. Yeah. And then like fed him to the Seth Ray feud. Is that what happened? <laughs> like, Yeah, and then he lost an eye. And then he started wearing an eye uh, patch. And then he was an underground. That weird underground thing for a little yeah. while. And then... Yeah, he's nowhere to be seen. No, it's I've been I've been watching Raw and SmackDown kind of begrudgingly the last few weeks. Um, it's just like I so I heard this story about Vince sending people back to the PC. I did not realize Keith was one of those guys. Yeah, it's like Otis Dabakato, oh. AJ's henchman, which I don't know his name. I feel bad. Almost and Keith Lee. So it's all these big. It's all these big guys. Well. AJ's dude, so almost he's the huge dude. That's his okay, yeah. He was I also the he was also the big ninja when they were doing the yeah. <laughs> the Viking Raiders versus the ninjas. He was the ninja. He was the security guard for Underground, right? Which was a whole thing in itself. Why do you need a security guard for something that has no rules and is unsanctioned exactly. and just come and go as you please? Well, and then it's. So winning a match in underground is literally just Shane McMahon says, oh, he won. And that's it. (laughs) Yeah. 
and I know why they they paired him with AJ Styles, but honestly, for me, in a way, it makes AJ Styles look really. Oh, (laughs) he's not a very tall. Like I know, I know that they're doing it to make his what's his name Usman almost Osman almost. They're making him look huge, and I get that, but it just, in turn, makes AJ Styles. I'm like, what? That right. I mean, he is, is also five. Two? He's also taller than Big Show. Yeah. But from my yeah. from my understanding, from my understanding, because I looked him up when he was the the big ninja, uh, he like can't move like at all. He got he got injured. That's yeah, why, he. That's why he's going to the beach. Yeah, he was he was a. Uh, a basketball player that got hurt really, really bad. And so he can like barely do anything because he's, his body's in really poor shape, but he's just huge, which like Vince, you used to put guys on TV who were just huge all the time. <laughs> right. That was the, like, go-to. yeah, that that's all they needed to do. Um, oh, they're too big. They're too big guys. Give them the title shot. For Let's sure. go. But that's, that's how they did it. Right. But so, but yeah, um, I mean, we can we can talk all day about all the opportunities that Vince McMahon is. We can we we can put, have an entire episode just about oh. that. But that could be that could be like oh a series gosh. in itself. What is what is Vince screwing like up? The, mis, the Vince mishaps. <laughs> yeah, the Vince dropped the ball right. here. That's definitely a podcast uh, series. Well, that's and that's and that's long. the thing because I've been I've been watching I watch everything like on reruns and so I'll. I've been watching Dynamite, then NXT, right after another, for, like, pretty much the whole time that Dynamite's been on TV. And I've I've had a bit of a preference for NXT for a long time. But the last few months, and I think it's since it started, I think, when Black was called up, and then now that Keith Lee is called up, and Riddle, um, and Bianca Belair... (laughs) Like all these people that you can name, right. and Mia Yim and Dijakovic are all like just languishing in the um, the bad Antifa parody. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like it's so since that all that's been happening, just the specter of Vince McMahon burying people has been hovering over NXT like a black cloud. So like I don't want to get attached to any of these performers because right. if they do too well then Vince is just going to take them and forget about it. Right, and it's this weird thing for me when I watch NXT, I'm thinking to myself like I know they're in a transitional period right now with a way cuz with all the injuries and the call-ups, but it just doesn't feel like the NXT that was even a year ago or even when Keith Lee was on his run, I feel like they're trying to do more raw and SmackDown things. Cause the segments yeah. have been like that opening segment last Wednesday was very raw and interrupting promo thing. And it was, I was like, it was tougher to get into for me. They don't have a clear cut challenger for Finn Balor, which is crazy to me because they have so much talent. And then on top of it, when he when Vince finally falls in love with somebody and calls them up, it's almost like he slaps his hardcore fan in the face and reintroduces them to the world. Not that's not the Keith Lee that we saw when you know have an absolute masterpiece against Adam Cole to win both belts, and you're putting him in a complete 180. Like 
it just blows my mind that that's how they're treating NXT. And like you said, I feel like there's a, a group of them or they want to show out, but if they show out too much, they're going to get called up and nobody wants to go. And there's a, there's a handful of them down there that are saying we don't want to go to the main roster, which is also kind of in a way creating a bit of hello. I don't know what happened there. No. Yeah. Sudden, I don't know where I left off, but I was funny. You said uh, the open, you're talking about the opening segment on NXT last week. Okay. And then I said, I didn't, I don't know if I caught that. I missed oh. I, what segment are you talking about. <laughs> so we went off the rails there. What I was saying was the opening segment of NXT last week. So I went on a bit of a rant before I noticed that you were gone. <laughs> um, I was just saying it was like, it was kind of like they came out and they did the interrupting promo thing that they do on Raw and SmackDown where they don't have a clear cut challenger, so they bring out everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, and I said, you know, it blows my mind that there's all this talent in NXT that doesn't want to go up to the main roster. They've been on record saying they don't want to go, and it's yeah. kind of creating this log jam in NXT. Where like Johnny Gargano being a three-time NXT a North American champion is kind of silly to me because it's never that's not what NXT was before. And Champa right. not wanting to go, it's just you gotta put him in things, you gotta give him things to do. So you're kind of yeah. just it's becoming almost main roster-ish, and I but yet they're not treating it as such. So they've already drop that as the third brand they don't talk about it being the third brand anymore they did they weren't at survivor series right so oh that was just, that was because there was a covid breakout on the rust well that too but there was like <laughs> hard, you know i mean it's yeah. just it's a weird year but i feel no, like it's, it really should like you should treat it as a third brand or completely have it as a separate thing that you don't pick people out of let nxt be nxt and don't Coach it. Yeah, and I, I watch both shows similar to you. If I can catch one live, I'll catch AEW because I'm very big on more wrestling is good wrestling, so I'll give them the first shot in terms of you know the rating to help that out. Yeah. But I watch, a, I watch AEW weekly. I don't think I've missed a single Dynamite since they started. And it's just the colors pop. It's brighter. There's right. I could do without all the post-match beatdowns. I mean, every match they do that, they could <laughs> tighten that up a little bit. But you know, there's fresher storylines, and if they're if something's not working, they they have no problem into pivoting to something else. And NXT, it's dark in there, right? It's just and it's just a slower pace. Really liked about it. <laughs> yeah, it was nice, but then when you're going directly up against you know, AEW right. and you're like, oh, this one's like bright and well lit. And I know a couple of those faces because <laughs> the only people that know NXT guys are stars are NXT fans. You know what I mean? They don't right. like even right. in even in AEW, they promote the AEW dark matches the night before in at least some right. fashion. They don't do that on like Raw. They don't talk about what happened on NXT. They don't. Hey, check out our, you know, every sports team brings up their minor league affiliate. Right. You know what I mean? Right. No, it's. Yeah. And again, I think it really is just AEW has the freedom and again, the instincts of the people running it where they know who they can trust and then they trust those people. 
So like also Bruce Pritchard is on the I guess there's the I saw on a dirt sheet that Bruce Pritchard has been burying the way NXT trainees are trained to Vince McMahon. Oh. Bruce. So there's so I, I talked about that on, on Facebook the other night. I said it's you, man. Right, but it's funny, like you're this multi billion dollar company or million dollar company and you can't even you guys can't coexist to train these people. You have an embarrassment of riches and you're not training. You don't agree on how they're trained from the top down. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like that to me, if that's true, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And that says to me that is Vince even watching tape on the guys that are getting signed, the guys and gals that oh, are getting signed. Absolutely not. I mean, it's on right. It's well known that he doesn't watch it. Right, yeah, he doesn't watch NXT, but I mean, if I'm like, hey, Vince, I got this guy named Keith Lee who's killing it on the indies, we should right. sign him. You don't think he pops in a, a highlight reel real quick? No, I think I, I think I saw that Vince didn't know anything about Keith Lee until the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and I when, watched the yeah. Keith Lee 24, and it was really good. Admittedly, I shut it off before Vince ruined him on the main roster. Sure. <laughs> but... They told Keith Lee no like three or four times. Oh, I believe it. You know, they didn't think he had it. It didn't make sense. But, you know. I mean, it doesn't make sense how a body shaped that way has defined abs. Like, <laughs> yeah, how, how can I, how, how does he have a six pack with a silhouette like that? Because he's, he's limitless, man. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, it's remarkable. Um, no, but like it's it just blows my mind that you had a talent like that that came out to the rumble and like that interaction with uh with Brock like that is a star making interaction like that is how you put anybody over is by oh, half like oh my gosh just that look where he's where Brock Lesnar's like who the fuck is this guy like that, and you, and you know that's Brock being real too. Brock's not yeah. nobody's writing that for him, and Brock doesn't know who that was, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, that is that's the kind of over you can't create, and they have that kind of star with that sort of charisma, and they just fit. And the fans popped. The fans popped for that moment. There's, there was actual oh, fans. Absolutely. As crazy as they did that. <clears throat> I mean, they've done that with Rhea Ripley, where she shouldn't be in NXT either right now. Keith Lee and Rhea Ripley were two of the hottest names going out after Survivor Series last year. Rhea, Rhea should have won Mania. Oh, yeah. I don't know Mania. what was going on there. I'm not sure the. I mean, the effect. I, I like think Charlotte I read. Blair, I think but... I read that Rhea. I think I read that Ripley had some visa issues. She had to go back to Australia. The visa issues coupled with the fact that NXT was trying to draw viewers and they thought, oh, right. let's get Charlotte Flair. Because if you look at the history, and I know right. ratings talk isn't always the most exciting, but the only times NXT wins is when they bring in an influx of main roster people, like right, during the right. invasions, or they have some crazy, insane, like North American title NXT championship match, or right. Black Wednesday. Right. That's the only time they win, is when yeah. people are going yeah. out drinking, or they have to throw everything. Which is crazy to me too, because they can. They have the they have the talent to do it, and they just Absolutely. choose to not. Right. 
Yeah. But Cameron Grimes is still getting that push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameron Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. I think I I think I finally figured out his his character. I think it's just is he just like a prospector? Is that the is that the character? <laughs> He's just an old timey prospector. Oh, I mean, he's, he's stinky. He's stinky Pete from Toy Story at a younger oh, age. Okay, no, I mean you could really like lean into that. Like he's looking for gold and he's coming for that title. Oh my goodness! But, but he does his thing really well, and his comedy is on. Oh point. yeah, yeah, yeah. Going the ring, funny. he's he's got it all. He's good. Loomis, on the other hand, that he just lost to has a ceiling, and I just don't know if they've realized that yet. Because you can't I feel not like a lot left you can do with him. I feel like Loomis is that vigilante character. Oh. I feel like he's the guy that just like he doesn't have a lot of matches. He doesn't because he doesn't really need a title to be in, in interesting. And he doesn't need a title to be important. Because like but he's got on the that main roster he will. Oh god. <laughs> the, he has that presence here. though. Yeah. That if you like, if he just interrupts stuff for a while, I feel like that that would be a great role for him. Um, but again, like we pose the question: Does that character work anymore? And you don't know. Don't know. I mean, I yeah, I don't know because I still look at NXT. I know we we talked about it earlier. And it, it's the third brand, quote unquote, or not? But that's how I I, I still look at it as the minor league system. And this right. is the this is the next group that's gonna go to Raw and SmackDown. Does it work? Does it work up there? And if it's not gonna work up there, why aren't you working together right. to do that? Why can't you just take Keith Lee at peak NXT and just drop him Raw or SmackDown and let him do that? <laughs> or <clears throat> why do you have to tweak it so much? Why do you have to have him every week change his music, change his gear? Oh, by then and then oh. have him not only that. They had him look amazing really early, and then ninety percent of his matches end in a no finish. Right. So you're right. you're not even putting the guy over. Like, no. I, why yeah, should I care not, about Keith Lee? I don't know if they're put. They're not. I don't think they're ready to put him over. Over. I think they're maybe trying to protect him until they all. But I am glad that he finally has what seems to be a real theme <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of like generic rock theme number 13 <laughs> which, yeah, really, I, which really is how I still feel about Bailey and Seth's new themes those like, are pretty similar at times I catch oh myself my going who's coming out oh absolutely <laughs> like and I'm a music guy I'm a musician Yeah. like I We'll be sitting there, and a music will hit, and every and then I'm just like, is this, is it Bailey? Is it Seth? What's going on? Like, I don't know if I could hum Bailey's theme right now. No, I I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it as you said that, and I'm like, I don't. You know, and that's part of the problem with, with the main roster is like the music too is just generic and bland. And well, I think about a guy like King Corbin, where they're doing that choppy uh, King thing with his song, just, and I, by the way, I bought WWE battlegrounds side note sidebar. Cause I brought up King Corbin. I bought it first match in the, the, the series or however you got to do it. 
is against Corbin. And they didn't do that in that game because even WWE Battlegrounds know that that is a shit way to present someone's theme. So they just went with this Lone Wolf theme song. I honestly but you think can't... if you just do the King thing, the King that's intro it. into the Lone Wolf theme, then that's fine. Just don't go back to it. Yeah, they did that with the Kabuki Warriors for a while. Oh, God, like, that was so bad. It just... It, like, they were in you different. Guys are not pre- you're not they presenting your own <laughs> your own talent as stars, right? It's almost like they, the WWE is the star, and they're all just pieces. But if you flip that, that's and presented them as stars. That's hundred. Which we can go down the road of Twitch and all that if you want to. We can do it. Ooh. I mean, they're just burying their own talent, <laughs> right? Um, but we we talked about Bailey briefly mm. there. I, yes, you wanted to uh, I want make to an omission or a... I, I want to clear the air because the last time I was on, I said the worst thing that WWE ever does is when they try to break up Sasha and Bayley. Because they I was with so you. Well. I remember. I agreed. And they work so well together. And mm-hmm. WWE tries to break them up and it's always boring. But I think I have to recant that right now. Because as of the taping of this podcast Sasha and Bailey are nemeses but I think what has made it better this time is that Bailey is the heel now yes because every other time it was just like oh well Bailey's just like this squeaky clean cheerleader type whatever and Sasha is just like gonna she's just a backstabber she's just gonna like try to break her heart, whatever, which, like, I don't know, maybe that, is there a little racist undertones there? I don't know, but... It's boss time! It's boss time! Right, but, like... Yeah, that was an interesting flip that they made this time around with her. I I love the way she explained it and made sense of it, Bailey, on Bailey's end. Yeah. Saying, I knew Sasha was gonna do it. Whether Sasha was gonna do it or not, just putting it out there that you were cutting her off, that that made a whole lot of sense to me. Right. Also, I don't. So I really, I really, really like Bailey as a heel. I love that. I think she's hilarious as like that bully character. Um, but I, I Which, did not realize that I would like Sasha as a face this much. Because she's still got that attitude about her, where it's, it's like right. it's. Face, but yeah. it's not like eat your vitamins and brush your teeth. Face, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's not. I'm happy to be here. It's the swagger, like yeah. It's like the beleaguered, like I have been wrong, like I need my vengeance sort of deal. But and honestly, like even outside of the ring, like Sasha's having a moment right now. And like she was in the Mandalorian, not in a big part, but it's important that she. Was which there. they didn't. Which they didn't capitalize on at all. No, <laughs> I mean probably because they filmed the face it, of the... they filmed it like a year ago, but yeah. no, like yeah, like seriously, she's got she has a, she had a role in like probably the biggest streaming networks, biggest show. Yeah, like that's a big deal, um, and they just didn't say anything at all about it. Man, freaking! I'm pretty sure it was like Michael Cole went. It's boss time. By the way, she's in the Mandalorian. Moving on. <laughs> Right, but like, I mean, Mandy like, Rose was what on Shape magazine, and they talked about it for weeks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sasha Banks is in the Mandalorian, 
doesn't say they tried to make a storyline based around that magazine i remember what naomi was like slapping the magazine out of her hand or something (laughs) she was passing out copies to everybody yeah, I remember that was the last time we saw Ember Moon in WWE was when she, like, <laughs> destroyed her Switch and gave her that magazine. <laughs> Which, I'm glad I'm glad Ember Moon's back at NXT. I think that they understand her character a lot more. Yeah, and fans appreciate it a lot more, too. Right. But, no, I think... Because, yeah... The, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what, like, the, whatever version of Ember Moon WWE was doing was just like, oh, is it like Undertaker-ess? Is that what this is? Well, they were calling her the She-Nom. The She-Nom! Which doesn't, which doesn't help. That's what they were calling her, and that does not help anybody if you're already, you're, you're giving her a nickname very similar to one of the greatest characters in right. wrestling history. Right, right. It's 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 not a great recipe for success. No. And again, with the whole but to get to tie it all together for the NXT, they didn't explain Ember Moon's NXT run to us. So right. we we know, but the casual fan doesn't know. And it's like if you guys would have, you know, right. maybe got some backstory, right. you just dropped her in a debut. I'm like, this is Ember Moon from NXT. Right. Why is she Ember Moon? What does she do? Right. What is she about? She's a werewolf, kind of. <laughs> yeah, like, is she a werewolf? Is she not? Right. Oh, but then we're going to have her 50-50 to everybody and job out for a while. Yeah. But she was an NXT champion. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Whatever. Um, When's the last NXT champion that was, like, successful on the main roster to, like, a elite level? Seth? And that wasn't even really NXT. Yeah, it was before NXT was like what it is now. It was, wasn't it just like the yeah. like the reality show sort of deal still? No, it was it was right after the reality show. Oh, okay. He was the first NXT champion. It was like they they weren't they had like pay per views just at full sale still. Oh, they, yeah. Some of the matches didn't even have commentary. If you watch some older stuff back, <laughs> so it was very very beginnings of it. And I mean yeah. even. Even Seth has had some ups and downs on the main roster, but he's been mainly he's been handled really well. But now he's a father. But now he's a dad. So congratulations to Seth and Becky Lynch. Yes. And people on the internet, stop being weirdos about that. Let them just let them let them them be be their parents. Ryan Ryan Satin, you're 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 a piece of shit. (laughs) What what do you say? He posted a picture of Seth holding up the WWE Championship at Mania and said, I really hope that you do this with did this with the umbilical cord <laughs> after your child was born. He deleted it. And he's a he's a pretty well known wrestling reporter, but dude, come on. <laughs> oh, I do that. Just say Oh, you talk like when he like whipped it around? Yeah. After he won it, and he's on the stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, oh, come on, bad taste, man. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe that's not my type of comedy. I don't <laughs> teach his own. I mean, maybe just like grab the baby by the ankles and do that. Yeah. Don't need the I mean, code. that's what you're supposed to do, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. Don't do that. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. So, no, well, so KO, what KO's been, you know, gotten a big shot. And he was NXT before that. Uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, he. But Finn kind of jobbed he out. He got a shot, then he. He jobbed out, and KO kind of muddles around the mid-card. They don't really know what to do with him. Right. He's in an interesting program with Roman Reigns, but it seems like anything Roman does right now turns to gold at this oh, point, man. which is I love, super interesting I for love me to say because I was Roman. not a Roman Reigns guy. I love you, Roman. <laughs> he's fantastic, him. and he's doing what everybody wanted him to do back then, yeah. He's and he's doing it well, and it's not – you know, it's not forced. It doesn't feel like and, it's not heavily scripted. And Paul, it's and no Paul Heyman, I tell you what, quiet, quiet, threatening Paul Heyman is so much more foreboding than get up here and yell about Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman. It's because Brock can't talk at all. <laughs> so Paul has to do it. Roman can at least you know, carry a promo. Right. He's not the greatest, but he can carry oh. a promo if he needs to. But like these weird, so like, in, like the quiet it, promos that they've been doing, it's like, it's like a hammerhead shark, like circling a wounded fish. Like it is so menacing and I am so for it. And I'm kind of glad that it's happening during like the crowdless era because like, you can't really do a quiet promo with a crowd. Like, that's not right. a thing that works very well, unless it works really well. So, like, Punk was able to pull it off. But Punk is a very, and they're, very elite. Don't don't you don't mention that name on this pod. Don't get me started, man. Oh, sorry. Don't, don't, get, my, don't get my hopes up. <laughs> every well, time, every time well, I finally put the, all right, CM Punk is never coming back. Never coming back. I finally get over it. <laughs> the rumor pops up that Tony Khan is going to throw money at him, and I'm like, ah. Oh, well, that's what he said. That's what he said it would take. He just said stupid amount of money. Amounts of money. Interesting to do. <laughs> stupid amounts of money. And Tony Khan, no offense to your boy, because that's why we're here today. He just threw stupid amounts of money at Sting. Oh man, it's working. Yeah, I so I don't think I don't put it past him to do it again. I don't know how much how much money Sting would have needed though. He was in a contract he didn't like, and everybody that he loved in the business was somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's probably a pretty hefty sum. Oh, I'd have I'm sure. To I mean, it would be. It's it's the one that it's the it's the number that he's worth. Right. I I don't think I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's not worth the stupid amount of money. Right. But I feel like it's like once that finally leaks out to how much it was, people are going to be like. Right. That's Brock Lesnar money, if not more. Things so much. I have that feeling so much more than Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, the the merchandise sales, the things they can do with it alone, the rate, I mean, it's all going to pay for itself. So, like I said, it's it's worth it, but it's it's probably, for a 61-year-old man who hasn't wrestled and, you know, has had maybe two matches in the past, yeah, exactly, like, whew. No, so it's, we said, like, hours ago in this podcast, (laughs) we asked, (laughs) what did we want Sting to do, and... I did see a rumor that they want Sting to fight. 
they want him to do it. I think he's yeah, get one more match in him at but least maybe a couple. Also, I think it's it's worth mentioning that after Mania, when Sting Sting said after he saw the Undertaker match, the Boneyard match, he was he like perked up and he's like, I can do this. Like this is some like yeah. this is safe enough for me to do. And so I think we're gonna see some really baller cinematic matches that are gonna be really well done. Because, like, AEW hasn't done as many of them as WWE has, but the ones they've done have been really, really fun. Uh, Except for the Britt Baker one, in my opinion. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't even remember that one. Yeah. No, I'm thinking I'm thinking of the Matt Hardy, the Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara one yeah. at the Hardy compound. That was good. Oh. The Stampede was good. Oh, the Stampede was so good. Oh, my so gosh. So that, With them trying to that's drown even Matt crazier Hardy. on that end. <laughs> The WWE's production budget for shit like that alone is insane, and they could have put on this crazy dream match with Sting and Taker, and Vince was like, "Didn't want, nah, it. I'm good." Didn't want, it. didn't want. It. So bogus. The one thing that wrestling fans wanted, they didn't give it to us, and I'm cool with it. I, I'm, I'm on that. It's kind of special that it never happened. Oh, it's absolutely. One of those weird. Like, it never happened, right. and we'll always think what could have been, right. so it's kind of cool. Well, and I say again, it was he was offered that match in, was it 2011, when he did Road to Victory with Jeff Hardy? Oh, jeez. Drunken Jeff oh, Hardy? Is what, uh, man, oh. drunk, I feel, is pretty tame. Dude was out of his mind. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it classy. Yeah. Or no, I mean, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's just the kind of guy Sting was, though. He said, you know, he didn't want to break that commitment right. to do it. Right. Man. No, I just and I and I've said I probably said it on the podcast last time I was here. I feel like Sting's career has just been marked with like kind of trusting the wrong people with him, and yeah. That I think is like probably the biggest, the biggest like error in it is like that he trusted T, uh, TNA to give him this great match with Jeff Hardy, and they, I mean, it's outside of TNA's control, honestly. Like it's on Jeff, but like it just didn't yeah. happen. But like, I feel like now though, like you can, you can trust. Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho with Sting. Yeah, they know what to do with him, and they're not going to put him in an unfavorable situation. And it's not like the Goldberg situation where Goldberg's coming in and taking world championships off of people. I think Sting's going to have that one big match, whether it's cinematic or not, and get his send-off. Well, he has a he has thing. a multi year career uh, multi year contract. They set it on yeah, Dynamite yeah, when he came off. <laughs> man, did they say they almost immediately? They're like, "Yep, Tony Khan signed it." <laughs> he walked out, stared people down. Multi year full time contract. Let's go. <laughs> I, I like, so Whoa. here's here's the question: Do you think I hadn't even digested that Sting just showed up yet? And they're like, "Yep, he's here." Do you think like, okay. Do you think that the announce table knew he was coming? That's always been an interesting in all of us. I don't know. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. I know like Mauro Ranallo, for instance, didn't want to know what was right. going on. So the call was more gener- genu- genuine. I feel like 
I want to say that they didn't know because the reaction oh, that we the got reaction, from Tony absolutely, Khan right. and was our, our Tony, I'm sorry, Tony Schiavone and JR and them was amazing. So I'm hoping that they, but then again, how do you not know Sting's hanging out back, hanging out around back? I, I feel like you can protect they, that. They I feel him. like you can protect it. But like I, I want to believe I want to believe that they didn't know, because I don't necessarily trust Tony Schiavone to be that good an actor. Because <laughs> like the, I know that some of the talent didn't yeah. know because they were tweeting about it and talking about it on things. They some of them were like, "Oh shit, is that?" Stink? Yeah, but like, but like Tony sounded like he was gonna cry. You know when he came out and like, but and Excalibur was. Excalibur, shut up. Like, he was absolutely speechless. Which is hard to do for that guy. Right, exactly. So, like, that... You don't have the announced team know that he's coming out and then have Excalibur not say anything about it. You know, like, uh, of course, he would come out and rattle off, like, every accolade he's ever had, but instead he just shut up. So I think... I think that they weren't... I think they didn't know... And it, oh my God, even now, just thinking about Tony screaming, it's Sting like that. Just like, oh, it gives me goosebumps, man. It just gives me goosebumps. It it brings back so many memories of like my, because I always tell people when I was growing up in the wrestling business, in the wrestling business, I wasn't in the business. (laughs) When I grew up and found out about wrestling. I was a WCW fan first because it came on an hour earlier. It was an hour longer. So I was already invested an hour into WCW by the time Raw rolled around. Yeah. So I always gravitated to it. And then when I figured it out, I started going back and forth. So, I mean, Sting and Shivani, and that's just what I grew up on. My brother was a big Sting fan, and I was an NWO guy. So it was like, if you could imagine, we broke a few – pieces of furniture reenacting the fights <laughs> you know and it's just crazy to have, and that's why i say it's so awesome to have who cares what he's gonna do right. it's cool to sit down and see a childhood hero legend on your tv screen doing his and thing and really it's just the presence you know because that yeah. was all he didn't, do, he didn't say a word oh. when he came out and you Oh my god! And it was like the most talked about thing. He didn't do anything. He just walked out, stared some people down, and yeah. left. And that's all. He, that's all he that's, had to do. And I think that's just a good get for AEW. Uh, and it's. I think it's a good get for Sting, too, because that's like again, like that's his family there. You know, like to be with the road. He, he could lend a great ear to a lot of young. Absolutely. Family. And he's always been that's the part he's always been the kind of guy to like take on take younger guys under and put them over. And I think that's part of the thing that I think a lot of the AEW hater group is missing is that you've got all of this like you've got years and years and years of wrestling experience just there. Hanging out backstage. Jungle Boy, Darby, any of those MJF. Ricky Starks, all those young yeah. guys, and they can just pick the brain of a Tully Blanchard and an Arn Anderson whenever they want. Right. Now they've got Sting, right. who, like you said, didn't say a word for an entire year and was the most over character in his company at the time. Man, I think maybe both companies, honestly. 
Right. Are you telling me you can't learn something right. from that guy on how less is right. more? You know what no, I mean? No, like it's like, it's a gold mine. They have a gold mine in the back right now. You know, it just blows my mind that people are just like uh, AW's trash. Right. It's just WCW. Like, <laughs> so what? They're growing. They're growing. Right. They they need the legitimacy of these established stars to help grow right. their business, and it also helps internally. Yeah. Like Chris Jericho, he. I mean. Chris Jericho, you got Chris Jericho there, but you know, pretty much grooming Sammy Guevara to be a big oh, yeah. star. Well, it, it's, I will say right. though, and Chris Jericho, character work, best he's ever been right now. But it still yeah. is a little weird to watch that body do a lion salt. <laughs> I, I'm really hopeful that last Wednesday when he faced off against Kazarian was just a, an anomaly because it did not look uh. good. It was, he had a rough one, and I know everybody thinks he's, maybe he's on his, I mean, he is on his way out in terms of. Well, and he famously hates the gym. But. He hates working out. He's admitted <laughs> he loves, he famously hates the gym, and he loves to drink. Right. So, that combination, <laughs> of, that gut will come quick. Right. Not that I'm knocking, I yeah. can't, I couldn't do a lion salt on my, on my best. I mean, but neither of us are, neither of us are paid to. But yeah, I hope that. I mean, just his in his character work is super good. Absolutely, and you, you learn right. from that. So I think, yeah, I think I'm excited to see. Oh man, honestly, I'm excited to see him and Sting square off because you know it's coming. You yeah, I, they already. I mean, I saw some. I don't know who put it out. I don't know if it was AEW or, but there was like already like teaser yeah. posters of like. Painmaker Jericho with the, yeah. you know with his face paint and then staying and it was just like oh that's that's awesome you, yeah I, mean, I want to see that you know that interaction is coming know. you know that Sting and Kenny Omega are gonna have some sort of run in like it's just gonna be just this it's every time you throw a new personality into that ecosystem there are just these endless dream matches you can make with it but like that this time that personality was Sting. And that's a big deal. And he, and you, you could, you could say, I want to see Sting versus Marco stunt, and you know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It just, it's Sting. It's nostalgic. It's amazing. It's like he's there. The possibilities are endless. They're promoting him oh, as a, as an in ring competitor. He's got the little, you know, record at the bottom yeah. of his thing on the on the website. Well, and. Yeah. I, I don't know how many matches we're gonna get. If I was guessing, I could probably count them on yeah, one hand. I don't many. imagine him doing more than. And I don't think but, he should. I think it should be to. three tops. To. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to. He just right. shows up. I am interested to see what they would do with him and Darby. I know that there's a lot of parallels. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think that relationship would be like? Is he he's not gonna be like the head coach Art Anderson and out there being like, all right, let's go, Darby. No, probably not. I you think know, I, I think I maybe. Know. Maybe an ally more than a coach. Um, if this if this was the WWE, Sting would be like, "I'm your dad." <laughs> right, right. Darby. <laughs> oh gosh, but no, I. Oh man, while we're here, speaking of like weird sorts of character things based on face paint, do you remember in WCW when there is a feud? between Sting and the ICP because he wouldn't join their face paint gang. 
I actually do remember that. I watched that not too it was long ago. It was like ICP, ICP and Vampiro. And Vampiro. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like when people talk about like terrible things happening at the end of WCW. I'm like, that is absolutely what they're talking about. Yeah, and I, I just did a podcast, not to shamelessly plug myself, with Giante Keith, an independent wrestler out of Detroit, and we were talking about backyard wrestling, and that was like the peak of backyard oh, yeah. wrestling, as ICP had that video game, they were on WCW, Fighting Sting. <laughs> but then, like, I... We grew up in an era where ICP was over enough to be oh, on God. WCW television, fighting the icon. Right. No, like it's I even now I remember like them coming out and like interrupting one of his promos. And then I remember his reaction like and I see Steve Borden in there going, this is a terrible idea. (laughs) You can if you watch back at that like late 90s, 2000 run of WCW, a lot of those like. Like, even Flair looked deflated at times, and Ric Flair is always, you know what I mean? It just was such a bad ending to what once was so prominent and, like, was a contender to take down the WWE. And then they're like, well, we did Rodman. (laughs) We did Leno, Carl Malone. Right. Let's go with ICP. Oh, man. So, (laughs) now that, you know what I really, now that Sting's on... AW, you know what I really want to see is I want to see Ric Flair show up. Oh What's Vince going to do? What's Vince going to do? I don't... That would be... Outside of, like, then that was one of the questions I was going to ask you while I had you, was who would you want to see show up next? I know that we talked about Punk. That would be another huge get. But yeah, like, who's left out there for them to grab them that kind of... Lore? Flair, I don't know what Flair's contract no, yeah. situation is with the either. WWE. I don't know if he's under one or he just does it based on appearances. But if he showed up, oh my god, it was just like that would be... I'd be like, oh shit. <laughs> if he just shows up and like shoots the shit with arm for a little bit, like <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever needs to happen. He doesn't even have to do anything. It's just like a backstage clip of oh, him yeah, and arm just talking, sure. and I'd be like, what? for sure. <laughs> Does Rick know right. where he's at? Did did he think did he think this was Orlando? Yeah, no, it's like, who? Yeah, like, I don't know if there are any other big like iconic characters that you bring back out to AEW. Like, I mean, of course, there's still like Rock and Roll Express showed up and DDP showed up, whatever. Like, and those are like nice. Oh, uh, who was who was? Who was at ringside during this the dog collar match? Oh, they had somebody out there. I'm kicking myself that I don't. Remember. It wasn't. It wasn't it was Tyson. The hammer. Uh, the hammer. Oh, yeah. Valentine. So Greg Valentine yeah. was there at ringside. Yeah. That was neat. Like all these, like DDP showing up. Yeah, like that's fun. That's neat. Rock and Roll Express. It's a neat throwback. Like I don't know if there's anybody else that you could throw in there to be like, oh shoot, like this is big time like sting there's nobody else yeah i think that's that's maybe like maybe punk if punk shows up that's it but like it would have to be something outlandish like the undertaker would have to show up and that's never gonna happen 
I mean, the Undertaker is signed with WWE right. through like till he he signed a fifteen yeah. year contract oh last year. Fifteen years. They signed him. Well, I think they did that knowing, like, oh shit, you know, AEW's real. Like, they'll they'll never admit that WWE is all about them and nobody else. But they, you know, they're doing things because of that. That's why they're signing people to longer contracts and these legends. They're trying to lock them down because, God, could you imagine showing up one day? Just Shivani just shits (laughs) himself. Well, and again, like, what's Vince gonna do? But also, like. Taker's not going to do that to Vince. You know? so, no, absolutely not. He's the one. Yeah. He's a lifer. And I wouldn't want Taker to do that. I It would ruin a lot of, like, he was the WWE guy. He never jumped ship. He never went off and did, WWE like, WWE Hollywood movies. He was just, yeah. He was, yes, which we can go down that road where it's like, he was WWE guy and uh, WWE stole him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but you can say the exact it's same still thing about about Stone Cold. That you know, so yep, they stole Stone Cold. They stole Triple H. Hell, their main event scene a few years ago was all TNA guys. Yeah, part of it still is AJ Styles. Yeah, that's the WWE right. for you, man. But no, I think I think that's. I don't think there's anybody else you could get that would have that sort of impact which I think is really, again, just testament to how legendary Sting is in the business. And I will say once more, it is so good to see people remember and to see people treat him like that. And it's it's amazing to see people talking about it. It's like wrestling is in this weird year where we don't have a lot of – we don't have fans. Right. We have a few fans at certain shows, and it's just been a bit of an – odd year for wrestling to have everybody just talking about oh shit that's sting on tv on tnt for the first time in 20 years is insane it's awesome it's so so we started yeah we started this podcast talking about sting we sandwiched in a whole lot of stuff in the middle we ended it on a sting note nathaniel why don't you tell the people where they can uh, find you. I mean, Spaceships released a record. Yeah. And what you're up to. Uh, Spaceships released a record in August that I plugged the last time I was on this podcast. It's still out. It's still available. You can still, you can still Which hear it on Spotify. We plug on this podcast yes. often. Wonderful. Thank you. But we got vinyl copies still. VHS is still on its way. Uh, the guy who was going to do it, we, uh, we actually have secured a deal with Glomer Records to do that for us. And the guy who was going to do it found out his uh, VCR didn't work. So uh, it's been delayed a little bit, but it's coming. It's coming. Um, I'm in a project called Bears His Teeth. Uh, we've got two singles out now. That's got, it's a big super group of people that I've never met in person. Um, but guys from old hardcore bands like Subsist and Dead to Fall. And then our drummer is Matthew Putman of Unwed Sailor and Living Sacrifice and Lungfish. Uh, so big, important guy there. Uh, and stuff's coming out. We've got a couple singles out. You can check that out on Spotify and Bandcamp and all that. Um, I've got a solo project called Nativity that I'm working on. Finally releasing and recording that album that I wrote six years ago. Uh, that's NTVTY. The album's going to be coming out in March, maybe. 
Uh, and then, you know, dad jokes is around. We still have that song about Sting. There's like 15 of us and we live in different Which, states, yes. so we don't do nothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was absolutely, you sound like a busy man. So I absolutely appreciate you, you know, carving some time out to talk. Listen, about obviously, honestly, this, this is just me. the only place that I could just talk about Sting for as long as I want to and not have anybody get annoyed about it. So. Oh, yeah, no no judgment here. <laughs> Judgment-free zone here on the plug. <laughs> Which, again, we I thank you for us over here at Wrestling Plug, Inc. I'll do some shameless plugs myself real quick. You know, make sure you check us out on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Wrestling Plug, Inc. Please go vote on our year-end awards. I'm trying something Ooh. new for the first time. I figured out a way to do a survey and let you, the fans, vote on some questions for end of the year awards we'll see how it goes uh shout out to warren hayes and kristen ashley of belt bells.com for the inspiration to do this so please you'll find those pinned on our facebook on our twitter um i've been plugging them as much as possible without being too spammy please check out our spotlight series i just did one i had mentioned earlier with jante keith it was a lot of fun talked to him about an hour he's coming up uh he's got some big exclusive Ooh. news in that so once again, Nathaniel, thank Absolutely. you so much. It's Sting. Can I get one woo? There you go. <laughs> and we are out. Thanks for having me. See ya. <laughs>